What's up, fellow car enthusiasts? Welcome to an episode of Behind the Boost presented by MA Performance. I'm your host, Charlie Main, and today we plan to bring you some of the behind the scenes of the automotive world. This week, we're talking to Too Low from Yellow Autosports, which is a premier auto detailing shop serving the Twin Cities metro area. Hope you guys enjoy it. So they're kind of making some good progress back there on that car, wrapping the car back there. Yeah, we're working on the STIRA. Um, it's in 3M, going in 3M vinyl. Um, Psychedelic Flip is the name of the wrap. So How long does it take you guys to wrap a full car normally? Uh, anywhere three or four days. Depends how many hands you got on there. Yeah. yeah. Depends how many guys know what they're doing that are on there. But we're a smaller staff. So it usually takes us a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, you got to do a bunch of removals too, usually. You know, sometimes headlights, taillights, or yeah. whatever you got to do. In this case, you know, it's supposed to have that big wing right there too. That had to yeah. come up. Very cool. Well, uh, for everybody who doesn't know yet, uh, two is the one down in the bottom right corner. So uh, two is actually the owner of a Yellow Autosport, and they do everything from paint detailing to obviously wrapping to paint correction, paint protective films, um, all that sort of stuff. I mean, he'll be able to tell us a lot more about that. I guess, too, if you wanted to, you could go ahead and dive into telling us kind of a little bit about how you um, got into everything with your business, um, kind of how it all developed and uh, kind of where you're at now and everything you guys are doing. Sure, yeah. So we actually started back in uh, September of 2015. Uh, the way it started is I basically just got shown how to detail. Um, uh, I had a family member of mine showed me how to buff a car, buff my own Miata back in the day. It was um, a red one. It was pretty sun faded at the time. Okay. Uh, so I got that done. I was like, Pretty, uh, pretty excited. I thought that the results were really, really good. Uh, so my cousin and I just kind of kicked off from that idea. Uh, I think we had a business, like we had registered the business within a day and then we had a shop within a month and yeah, just kind of launched from there. So September of this year, 2020 will be five years. So we've been hanging on and just kind of growing little by little as we, you know, just learn more of how business works and uh keep uh, getting better and better at our skills and so we started as a detailing shop that was the the primary focus of the business uh we kind of quickly realized that it gets hard to just do that alone um you know and you can still do that alone but we just thought we should probably uh, venture into different skills too so we went to window tinting right away um that was a challenge you know and then we went to uh vinyl wrap and uh yeah, and then we do remote starters in the, in the winter as well. So those four skills alone are plenty to keep us busy. Yeah, for sure. So you had a red Miata back in the day, and now you've got a red NSX. We were talking about that a little before we jumped on the live. The thing's pretty sweet. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, uh, yeah, a little bit of an upgrade, even though I still want to get uh, – I think the goal is to get a Miata with uh, LS at some point. That'd be – that's like the dream car, even though the NSX is a pretty sweet car, but I don't think I'll be touching it too much besides just making it look nice. Um, personal choice. Otherwise, you could go miles and miles with that, right? Right. Um, yeah, no, yeah, it was red. Now we're in a red NSX, which I actually just did a full paint correction on there uh, last week with a ceramic coating. So actually, if you go on our YouTube, Yellow Auto Sports, 
um, I'm posting like a, it's a three part series about the whole process where I kind of talk through it all and I filmed the whole thing out. So I'm still editing it, editing it as we speak, but uh, it should be out, I think, next week. So it's actually kind of funny because we were talking about, you know, buying cars like that that are, you know, usually end up pretty heavily modified for the most part. But there's always kind of like a debate, like you could go and buy one that's in pretty good, like stock original condition and hold on to that as more of like an investment. And then there's the complete flip side of that where you, you know, really heavily modify something, you know, some people like, you know, cut the fenders, do wide body, um, you know, like crazy stuff. And you can really go pretty far. And I'm sure you guys actually like at your shop, see either end of the spectrum coming through the door. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we see the heavily modified and then, uh, and then you know, more of the classics and stuff like that, the ones that are just trying to go more resto mod and just trying to get it back to that, uh, you know, back to their OEM, whatever they were, what year they came from. Right. Uh, the ones that we don't see a lot, uh, which I've seen, we don't see a ton of, are obviously your, uh, we don't see as many of your drift cars and your uh, your drag cars, obviously. Those are more, you know, they're, they're not too worried about their paint usually. Uh, sometimes we'll tint those, you know, if they want it. Um, but most of the time it's uh, a lot of show, obviously. It's auto detailing, but, you know, and then a lot of daily drivers and stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, obviously a little less of your tracks and your drift cars because they're just, they're function, you know. So right. Makes yeah. sense. <clears throat> yeah, and so it sounds like you're, for your NSX at least, you're going to kind of try to keep it as, you know, nice as you can without, you know, cutting it up or nothing crazy. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and uh, the thing is you always start that way, right? So the goal is to stay that way, and that's the idea. The funny thing is I've already been, you know, you're always constantly, I'm constantly looking at parts and like, oh, what am I going to get next? Even though the idea is to not do anything, but, you know, it's uh, that's a road that can get pretty deep if you start to get into it. So the plan is to keep it original and just uh, hopefully keep it in the family for a long time so that we can look back at that thing. Uh, I mean, it's 90, mine's a 93. So I was born in 88. So it's pretty, you know, it's almost pretty much my age. Right. It'd be cool to keep it until I'm, you know, in my 50s. What's up? What's your favorite thing about it? So like, it sounds like you got to drive it around a little bit. Like what's, what's your favorite part about owning the car? Like, what do you like the most about it? And then what do you hate the most about it? Uh, the one thing I hate, I'll start with the thing I hate just because it's probably super minor, but it's something to me. The car is so low that when you sit in there, and I'm not even a tall guy, I'm only 5'7", yep. but when you swing your feet in, a lot of times I'll hit my feet on the inside of the door panel, and my yep. car is actually, it's, a, it's an ivory color, so it's like tan, yep. and so I was that dirty. So that's probably like the last thing most people would think of, but because the bottom of my foot is rubbing the inside of my door, it just, it's just one of those little annoying things. Yeah, that just it, happens like make you think about it more. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, obviously I try to keep the car clean as possible. So that's just a little annoyance, but minor. Just gotta cover. Just gotta go in the car slower. Right. Uh, as far as uh, what I like, man. I mean, first thing is would just be the look. I mean, you know, first thing for sure is the look. Just because you know, it's like they always say with the car guys when you can walk away from your car and turn your head back and be like, you know, appreciating it. It's always yeah. a good feeling. So. That one's just, uh, I don't think I'll ever get tired of looking at it. And even as I look at everybody else who owns one that's modified or however they did it, it's just that shape is it's pretty timeless. Yeah. 
it's just yeah. classic. Like you can't not stare at it. Like everything, like every corner of the car looks cool. And like, you just can't get away from that. 20 years down the road, you'll still look at that thing and be like, I think slick. So, do you like the do you like the new body style NSX? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I mean, it's a, it's a nice car. There's no denying that it's a nice car and technology. Not a really old one. Yeah, you, yeah. You know, early 2000s is probably when I started to to get you know paying attention to cars. It's like that yeah. early JDM stuff. Yeah. So maybe it's just a generational thing where it changes every generation. But for me, like NSX, those older Civics, all that stuff. Uh, that's what I appreciate now with the new ones. Don't get me wrong; those things are beast. Got to play, pay to play with that one. Yeah. The craziest part about it is, like, if you look around long enough, like you're starting to see some of the older ones that are the same price, if not more money than some of the newer ones, depending on where you're looking. So that that's the that's the crazy part to me is that like some of these early '90s, like you talked about, like the the kind of classic trifecta, like NSX, FD. Uh, some of the more like 3000 GT VR4s and like clean models of those, like the amount of money that they're pulling now is just, it's wild. Yeah, I think I saw um, I saw a white Type R. I can't remember what website it was. Uh, low miles, maybe like around 50K or whatever. That thing went for, I want to say like around 80. I, I just saw like a Phoenix Yellow Type R go for like, it was a bare shell, didn't have a motor, had nothing, went for like 35,000. I was like, hey. It, it's right. starting to kind of eclipse that muscle car era that we saw when we were younger. Like when Barrett Jackson came out and you'd see like a Camaro SS go for $150,000 when it like needed everything still. Like the the early 90s classic Japanese cars are starting to get to that point, which like one part of me is super like pumped because it's cool to see. The other part of me is like, no, I still want to afford these. That's why I got into them. Like I don't want to price the skyrocket. Right, it makes you kind of wish you either had mon more money when you were younger or something, snag a SI or something. Right, I wish I would have just bought stuff and, like, filled a pole bar in my cars. I actually, one of, like, the first, like, cars that I had, like, a poster of was a red NSX. So um, yeah. I had one of those, like, on my wall as a kid. It was pretty cool. Um, I think I had that in, like, a 944 poster. But um, one of the things that, like, we kind of wanted to go over, I guess, was – like some of the stuff you guys see as like common detailing mistakes and like stuff that like beginners do that, you know, maybe is super like avoidable or something easy just from like maybe a technique standpoint that they could do to get like better results or just to help maintain the life of their paint or even like a wrap for that matter. Yeah. So first, uh, first I'll point out the biggest thing that I think is uh, one big mistake that happens um, that that probably most people don't think about it, and some do, but the automatic car washes, okay? It's, and that, so we're not talking about techniques as an individual, but just going to the automatic car washes. The big thing with those, uh, why I'm not a fan of them, is first of all, paint is very easy to scratch. Even if it's got coating on it, paint is, is just inherently kind of a soft surface. So when you're going to the automatic car, the automatic car wash with the, not the touch list, but the one with the brushes. Yeah. Um, you got to assume that I don't know how many, what's the volume of cars that go into that thing every single day? Uh, what's the amount of filth on the cars that go in there? And you got to assume that uh, most of that stuff is ending up on the actual little, you know, microfibers or whatever that is slapping your car. So it's important to think about that when you take your car in there and know that your paint's probably going to take some damage 
from from the, that machine. And so that's the number one thing that I always advise people not to do. I know they're convenient. I know they're fast. I know they're cheap for the most part. Um, but if you appreciate your car and if you ever plan to sell it back or trade it in or anything like that, um, I always say it's wise to just take care of your paint and the exterior and the way it looks. That's the first thing people are going to look at when you try to sell it. So it's about a longevity game. It's just like owning a house yeah. or anything that you got. If you don't take care of it, uh, it'll probably go to crap sooner or later. Uh, paints the exact same way. And, and as we all know, as car people, the first thing you look at when you see a car is obviously the car itself, but the paint plays a giant uh, you know, factor into your your the, the psyche of when you look at that car. Right. Yeah, I always think about like the like actual like cloth wipers in those car washes. Like, I can't imagine that those themselves get like cleaned all super often. So it's like I try to imagine it's like how many cars would I wash with the same rag before changing the rag? Yeah, that's the biggest thing. And it's one thing if like so. Let's say you got shown so microfiber towels. Let's talk about that because a lot of times um, people will use microfiber towels of lesser quality. Uh, microfiber towels play a big part because, like I said earlier, paint is soft. So if you're going to use a microfiber towel, I would suggest going to like the ragcompany.com or you know Detail Geek, just something online where it specializes in auto detailing and picking up slightly more expensive towels. And also the difference there is if you're using the towel, you know what your car looks like. So when when you can visually inspect your towel, feel it if it's got you know anything abrasive on it, you can chuck that one out. The thing is, with the automatic car wash, we don't have that option. We're just going in like blind. You know, it's like being blindfolded. You're just cruising right through, and you're like, "Oh, I hope these things are clean." But as we all know, it's probably not. Um, now, if it's just your daily beater, you know, daily driver, it's a beater or whatever, and you just want it clean, those things do work. So they do have their place, and and you know, and they have a reason for being there. Um, but obviously, what we do is we're always going to shy people away from that because we focus on making things look as good as they can. So. Yeah. No, I mean, I've I've seen some – God, I can't remember. It was one of my, like, really old cars. It was back when I had, like, a Mark II Jetta. Uh, yeah. I had that thing. It was just, like, a beater car. I had it just slammed, and I'd drive it around when I lived in Milwaukee. And one time I decided to go through an automatic car wash. It was a touchless car wash, but – that car had so many weird things going on in the engine bay that like probably weren't like kosher. So when I went through everything in there got soaking wet and I think it got a bunch of water on the battery and like would not drive home. Um, like I just had a ton of bad experiences and I try to avoid automatic car washes kind of like the plague. Yeah. Oh, and you would be like the worst customer. Like, Hey, I just went through your automatic car wash and then my car won't start. Like I would just look at you and laugh. I would be like, what, what? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, funny thing about that too is I went into a touchless what last year, and I usually will use the touchless still, uh, you know, if I'm just in a hurry. But I went into one um, last year, which has the swinging arm that kind of rides around your car. Oh yeah. And uh, the the sensors must have been off or something, and it slammed right into my car and dented the 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 forerunner. And then I went oh. inside to be, you know trying to be like, hey, your machine just dented my car, and uh, and you know it never really went anywhere. So. Huh. Uh, maybe I should have pressed the issue more, but yeah, you, you just, you know, you're kind of taking the liability liability upon yourself too, when you go in, into the machine. So 
Uh, not saying that they won't, you know, do the right thing, but it's that's just a situation that could happen. Yeah, happened to me. Yeah, and so like another thing too is in like aside from like big mistakes, like obviously for a lot of people, I know like myself, um, you know, I do bring my car in, you know, every once in a while to like actually get like professionally detailed. Uh, probably not like as often as I should, but you know, like in between. I try to, you know, do some stuff at home or like just in the garage or whatever. Um, but what are some things that you think people could do just kind of between going in on like a regular service or like what kind of interval you think people should come in at for paint? And, and then again, like what we could do in between those to help maintain how good it looks um, and just keep everything in that state. Because obviously it feels good when your car is, you know, really well, properly detailed. Yep. So I would say for interior details, especially especially where we live, right? We live in Minnesota, so we know our shoes are collecting all kind of gunk. Yeah. Uh, my number one thing is, in, and I'm just going to plug them in. I don't work with them, but WeatherTech mats are probably your go-to. Yeah. Um, every car that I see that's got WeatherTech and comes in for an interior detail, it's a night and day difference. Um, you know, just because they, they line up well, they, they kind of go up, so they keep everything nice and contained within that little cubicle of an area of the mat. Um, that's huge. I mean, I, that's probably one of the better investment, honestly, because once the carpet goes bad, uh, once it's full of salt, and if you don't detail it often, that thing's going to be pretty much ruined. There's no way to bring that carpet back unless you want to pay to replace the carpet. So no. weather tech would be number one thing that I would recommend people to use. Um, for interior detail, as far as intervals, I would say probably every at least four to five months get a real nice interior detail is just going to keep the longevity of the interior lasting for a long time and this is more i'm talking more daily driver type car obviously if it's a car that you don't drive as much you're not coming in and out as much so right. you might not need it often um as far as exterior wise time intervals i would say probably every six months is nice to get at least a good wash um that's at least even at the most basic level Maybe an engine bay, the interior taken care of, and then just washing and claying the outside. So clay bar, okay. and contaminants that are, uh, embedded in the paint, and put it, putting a nice sealant on there. And that's very, very, you know, um, bottom level care. But doing that every six months, I guarantee you that car is going to be nice, right. um, because you're doing the right thing. Where you're, it's kind of like an oil change. You don't skip those. Yeah. Um, no, you don't skip those. So it's the same thing with with washing your car. If you can do it at home, um, you can do it too. You know, YouTube's got a ton of resources. I put up a bunch of videos too. Um, and with that stuff, I always recommend just buying products from uh, the places like um, Detailed Geek. I use products from uh, G Technique. They have a whole lineup of products. Using those products um, is what I recommend, just because they're tailored for. Uh, that specific task. Yeah. 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 I mean, so like then, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of what I struggle with is uh, like I, I end up getting lazy towards the end of detailing my interior. So like I never want to get out like the brush and like get in like cracks and like premises. Um, but like, is there anything that you've like seen like that's an easy like spray on something like interior that you could use that's, um, just kind of helps take away some of that stuff or is it just like you got to put in the elbow grease and actually get in there and do it? I mean, where is there a crossover? Yeah, not, not so much. I would say for paint on the exterior, there is for the interior, not so much. Cause it's kind of like a couch. If you sit on it all the time, 
things will come in. There's no magic trick to removing it. Uh, and that's where it's like kind of like going back to the oil change, uh, you know, analogy. It's just that if you do it often, you you know, a 10-minute vacuum every month, which, you know, <laughs> I think most people probably don't even do that, which right. is, I get it. It's, it's hard to just stop at the gas station and do that with our busy lives. But if you just did that, you could shorten the detail each time by just doing it more often and so that your interior always looks pretty good. You're not picking up as much stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I'm sorry. I don't, there's no magic trick, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish I could give you a magic trick answer. That'd be great. I'd probably be out of, I'd probably be out of business. Though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You keep your secrets then. Uh, <laughs> no. So cool. Um, I guess as far as in like some of the products, I know that we've talked about some places that you recommend people check out, but are there any specific products in general that you like? Um, I mean, there's obviously tons of stuff from you know, like Meguiar's to Turtle Wax to like chemical dyes stuff. There's, I mean, all sorts of different things that people can buy um, and all sorts of different places they could buy them from too. But what do you, I mean, think is best for the at home person? Yep. So, let me grab it. I'll show you. All right. Apparently, the stuff for people at home works good in the shop too. Right? Should I be? So I shouldn't be buying it from the gas station. Is that what I'm finding out right now? <laughs> the gas. Right. Oh. So this product here is a consumer grade. You can buy this uh, from G Technique on their website, and I think most, even on Amazon, it's on Amazon because I've bought it from there too. But it's called C2V3. It's a sealant. So it protects your paint, but it's a spray-on sealant, so it's easy to use. Um, but after you wash your car, if you use this product and you just kind of mist it on, so I just do like I will mist like maybe one or two mists per panel, let that sit for about two, three minutes, and then just come wipe it down with a nice microfiber towel. This stuff gives that nice slick look to it, kind of like the coated cars with the beading and the water coming off, and this sure. actually lasts a pretty long time. Now, when I say that, obviously – how often you wash your car is going to be a factor, but uh, I would say this thing lasts at least probably, you know, three to five months, depending on how often you wash it. But it's a pretty good product, and it's a professional grade product that you can buy as a consumer. Uh, and I wouldn't plug it if I didn't think it actually worked, because that's what we use. That's my recommendation. C two V three. If there is one product I would recommend. Um, and we kind of talk, do you do you sell any product like for any of our local guys watching like can they come to you and buy product and stuff too or are you just service center right now yeah we're just servicing right now uh we're in a small place i mean you can see it's real small little area yeah. so um i don't have the room to stock everything uh, i would love to so that people can come in buy it up to do it themselves or if you know they're doing it here and i could give them a recommendation like hey you should grab these products to go home with um, that's definitely one of the goals. Uh, right now, we just haven't done that yet. But. That makes sense. Yeah, like kind of like at like the salon, like after you get your hair cut, and they like tell yeah, you what product good. to bring home to like make it good. Like, yeah, you got to buy this gel. <laughs> exactly. You can. Yeah, exactly. Give them a little sample, like rub it on just one little area of their car, but not the rest. So then they have to buy it. <laughs> yeah. They must it's have recommended good. some killer beard product to you, Dalen. Me, I, on natural yeah, right here. I shower. <laughs> About all I do. I got lucky. This came into trend. This is just, this has been me for like 15 years now, I feel like. Yeah. We got one question here that just came in uh, from uh, Dylan Krause. He says, 
Uh, what's a good product to clean leather seats at home? It's a good one. Yeah, so at home, uh, honestly, you can use uh, like an all-purpose cleaner from home. You can use those. If you can find even an all-purpose cleaner from uh, that's that's auto detailing related from like AutoZone or whatever, and then you dilute that down. So I would say like a one to ten. So so you know just a little bit of APC all-purpose cleaner. The rest water. Shake that up. And then depending on how aggressive the stains are, you could you know you could raise the amount of all-purpose cleaner you use on there. But you always want to use it with water just to dilute it down and kind of not be too aggressive. Um, especially if you've got you know, I mean, you don't want to ruin sets. An APC can do some damage, but if that's why we dilute it down. Um, so I guess any of the all-purpose cleaner that you can find in AutoZone or stuff like that that are made for detailing, um, I would use those and then just dilute them down. Do you use like a brush or anything on leather seats, like horsehair brush or something like that to try yeah. to like... Yeah, we can use... So, so the steps I would take just to talk about it so that it, we can paint the picture correctly. Is I would always vacuum or at least kick any of the salt or not salt, I'm sorry, probably like rocks or whatever. Whatever there's on there that could be abrasive, knock those out first. And then after that, I would use the APC. Uh, not too much, right? Because let's say I'm using on um, a cloth seat. Like I don't want to use too much because once it goes underneath, it's gone, right? It's going into yeah, my it's never coming back. <laughs> right. So you just want to use enough for the surface to sit on top. And then you can just kind of brush it with your brush, grab a microfiber towel and just kind of swipe your seat. It'll pick it up in the towel. And then you just repeat that maybe, you know, three, four times, however many times it needs to get rid of that stain. Um, with that said, know that if you've got a chocolate stain um, that's been in there for a while, chances are you're going to have a stain in there. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> so take care of it while it's fresh. On your M&Ms and stuff. Yeah, take care of it while it's fresh, please. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's always ways, you know, you could steam the crap out of it and try to soak it up or use, uh, you know, and just vacuum it up, an extractor, things like that. But the truth is that you got to get it when the thing is, is just got dirty. If there's a big stain, you got to hit that stain right away. And you can go see a detailer after, but at the beginning, you got to do at least, at least wipe that thing down and, and do something. Throw, throw a little water on there and soak it up or something. Right. Yeah, I'm kind of guilty of the I'll get it later syndrome and then it, I forget about it or something and it sits for a week. You kind of mentioned something that I like for me personally is like the biggest benefit of a professional detailer and somebody that has like a nice extractor. Like if you have cloth seeds, bring it to a nice detail shop that has a real extractor that can like clean cloth. Like there's no substitute for that. Like I guess everybody's probably tried the like vacuum cleaner hot water thing and it's just the extractor makes such a difference. Yeah, you're going to have more pulling power with the extractor for sure. Especially for like people like me that work in a shop a bunch and then go sit in my seat without ever thinking about it. Like The extractor makes an actual difference. These covers, man, I know they're not the most attractive things unless you get good ones, but those yeah. are the same seat. That's for sure. Um, we did get another good question from uh, Jonah Carlson. He said, uh, I have a black metallic car. How can I make it look better and maintain it? I know I've had a few black cars and they're pretty hard to keep looking nice and shiny. So, Sure. So, hi, Jonah. Thanks for the question. Good question. So, yeah, black cars are, are tough. Um, black cars, the problem with the black car is as the sun reflects on the surface, it kind of just highlights all the scratches just because mm -hmm. the black 
and the scratches on your paint are usually going to turn out to be white. So we're talking white on black. It's going to be a harsh, yeah. the hardest contrast you can have. So, like, for example, white cars, people don't really see them as much. Uh, the scratches just because it's not as contrasting on the color as far uh, as opposed to black. Um, the way you can make it that one look better is, like I said earlier, cars will scratch really easy. Clear coat is inherently soft. Is uh, is you just got to use good microfiber towels and just be careful about how you wash the cars. So minimizing how much scratching we put on the car is what's going to keep that black looking best over time. Um, at a certain point with a black car, if you didn't wash it correctly, the scratches are going to accumulate over and over and over again. And, and then when you the sun hits it, like a couple of years down the road, all you're going to see is the scratches uh, on a black car. And that's the unfortunate part of black paint, even though I think it looks awesome. I love black cars. I think it's probably my favorite cars, my favorite color. Um, and having a really clean black car is what makes it uh, stand out, especially, you know, even more. But, yeah, I would say it's just maintenance, good maintenance, good towels, uh, good washing methods, and then um, staying on top of it. So maintenance, maintenance, maintenance. It, it kind of goes always goes back to maintenance, but that is truly the key to keep a car uh, steam. I mean, that's pretty much applies all across the board when it comes to cars. It's like maintenance. And yeah. Like yeah, maintenance, right? It's just be preventative maintenance for the exterior of your car. Right. Yeah, yeah which thought about it like that. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, it, it, it's exactly what it is. You know, the you don't want to, unless you plan to repaint your car, which most people probably don't unless it's a project or they just really truly love that car. Um, I would say when you buy a car, you want to keep that paint for as, as long, as good as you can keep it for as long as possible. Just because once the paint goes, usually it's harder. You can't usually bring it back. Now, there's levels to how damaged a paint can be. If it's just surface scratches and stuff like that, and it hasn't been taken care of for a while, we can actually buff the surface, which is, you know, it's kind of, I always use the analogy of like it's a wooden floor that's got lacquer on it. As it gets walked on by a bunch of people, it gets all scratched up. We can actually shave that down a little bit um, to kind of re-level that flooring or the paint in this case. And then we, it makes it look a lot better. Uh, with that said, detailers, we usually have a certain level of of how deep we want to cut the paint. Most yeah. factory paints are not super thick. Um, that's because manufacturers are just trying to save a little bit of money. So they're not going to spray it super thick like an aftermarket job. Right. Um, and so we can shave it and we can bring back a car from, who knows, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago uh, to look pretty dang good. And, and sometimes, a lot of times, Clients will tell us it looks better than the day they even bought it. But just know that deep, deep, deep scratches generally, like if you were to run your fingernail across your paint like this from the cut and you were going to run it this way and you kind of catch your fingernail in there, generally that kind of means you might have to go talk to an auto body guy because that, that part might might have to be sanded down, primered, and painted again. But generally, even if you have a few of those, if you were to buff the whole car, when you look at the whole 100% of the car, if your two three percent is is severely damaged and you get ninety eight of it back, it's still gonna be a, a, a night and day difference. Yeah, that's a neat little trick. I never I've never heard of that before. So essentially, if you run your fingernail over your paint and it's a scratch deep enough to kind of catch your finger on it, that one you probably can't buff out. Yeah, and that's, that's a good like way to a rule of thumb. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's a good way to 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 kind of just you know, and you can if you get some scratches or whatever on your car, you can do that. And it can, it can pretty much answer the question of whether or not will the detail shop be able to get it. Now, if the detail shop is also an auto body shop, 
then they might have solutions for you too, you know. Um, but yeah, it's a good rule of thumb to just kind of know like, hey, how deep is this scratch really? Right. Um, um, we did have another question from uh, Jonathan Blocker. He said, what are some things that people may use or get on their car that they may think nothing about but are actually super damaging to their paint? Uh, so, yeah, I, and I kind of seem to be going back. But to answer that question, whenever you're going to wash your car, your mitt, so like this, your mitt that you used to wash your car with or um, – the towels that you use to dry. I'm going back to the same point over and over again, but it's the most important point that I like to get across. Is that it's just that your paint is soft inherently. So if these get dirty, or if the towels you dry your car with get dirty, and you use them over and over and over again, you're probably damaging your car. That's just the way it is. You're probably damaging your car. So these, if when you buy these before you use them, you look at them, you visually inspect them every time. You visually inspect them, you feel them, see if you feel any grittiness in there. And so with that, it's just when you're done using it, wash it. Just get done using it to wash your car, now you got to wash this thing too. Right. But that guarantees that this thing will not be as dirty. When it's been used too many times, you buy a new one. It gets expensive to do that, but like we said earlier, maintenance is everything. So if this thing gets dirty and you're just more lazy to and you want to keep using this, you're going to damage the paint. And the paint's more expensive than this, so you probably rather buy this. So, yeah, the most damaging part is when people are, are washing their car and they're rubbing things that keep across their paint. If you're not visually paying attention to what you're rubbing on your car, you're scratching it every time. Yeah, here's a good one. So what about, uh, you know, like the self-service car washes? A lot of them have that brush in there that you can use. Those probably aren't yeah. good either, are they? No, I would not use that. I would go buy this. I would bring a bucket. I, I've heard of some places where they don't let you bring your own bucket and stuff like that. I, I've heard that from a few people around here in Minnesota that they don't let you like bring your own stuff. I would just use that as a place to power wash my car, and I would do the washing myself. I would maybe put soap in the bucket, throw some water in the bucket, and use that, and use your mitt, and then rinse it down with the power washer that you got there. But going back to... Earlier when I said that when we go to the automatic car washes, a lot of things get caught in the brushes from all the, the people that use it all the time. So if you're using a brush from the self-car wash that you're a guy who really cares about your paint, so you're going to use that. But the guy just before you went mudding in a truck, right. and he's not a car guy. He just wanted to clean it real quick because, I don't know, he's picking up his girlfriend once his truck doesn't look good. Yeah you're going to use that same brush. So you have to be mindful that uh, not everybody thinks like you. And so, and that machine is for everyone. So it's going to, you know, I, I don't recommend using those brushes um, for any part of the car, even your wheels. Yeah. You're better off not using them. So I know it sounds like everything I'm saying is more work than uh, <laughs> we always want that quick, easy answer, but uh, keeping a car clean, just like maintaining a car is always worth yeah, for sure. What up? Uh, what's the biggest mistake you've ever made detailing a car? Like when you were like learning how to do it or like when you first started, like what's something that will stick with you as something you'll remember forever to not ever do again? Yeah, test the spot. Test the spot. Always test the spot. Don't just assume things are good. Uh, test the spot. Find the lowest point of your car that's got paint on it or the lowest, smallest corner of the carpet if you're cleaning the interior and you're using a product, and find that area and test 
whatever product you're using on that area, it's nothing worse than ruining a, a big area of the car when you could have just tested it and find out like, hey, maybe this is not the product for it. Now, obviously that still involves ruining a piece of that area. Yeah. But if that area is not in sight, you'll probably forget about it yourself. Yeah. So that's my biggest thing is you test your product first. Um, How about you, Charlie? Yeah, you want to know what's going on. Yeah. So, so one time we were, I was, so I was actually going to, this is like the first time I was going to try to repaint a bumper myself. And like, I bought a car that I was going to like, it had some dings in like the rear bumper. And so I wanted to kind of like touch it up a little bit. And I didn't really understand like much of the processes behind like how you would actually like restore, like it was a theoretically more like body paint than like res just like paint correction that it needed. Yeah. So I went and bought like a little like touch up marker. And I don't know if this is the process that you do it or not, but like I washed the bumper, I did my little like touch up marker and then I went to like buff it all in and try to kind of like theoretically, I guess I thought I was blending the spots in. But I don't know if I maybe used too much or like didn't wait long enough before like trying to buff the bumper itself. But like it basically smeared all the paint like across the bumper. So instead of like having little spots that like needed just to be like dabbed on very lightly, I basically made paint smears along my bumper. And yeah, so that didn't turn out too good. Yeah, yeah. So with paint chips, um, with paint chips repair thing with the paint chip repair i always consider it like it's like a band-aid if you've got like you know it's like you putting a band-aid over your skin and and then you know it's gonna probably look better like you're not gonna see the blood or whatever the, your injury you might not see it anymore but it's still there um and so you can actually try to blend it in there by by filling in that gap and we're talking just microns you're filling that gap with microns and then as you do it, you layer that. At the end, you layer it with clear, and then you you buff it so that it levels all of it out. But that paint is never going to look that same. That hole that you filled will never look the same as the rest of the paint around it because it wasn't sprayed in that same one-time motion. Right. It was just you trying to fix the problem. So the, the big thing with filling paint is I always say it's nice to still do if you don't want to expose the metal of your car, right? So, you know, obviously preventing it from rusting. And also just covering that hole so that it's not so much of an eyesore when you're taking it to the car show. Like people might look at your hood and if they're not inspecting it from six inches away, they might just fly right by it. Um, so that's, that's where I recommend filling in those things like that. But if they're all over the hood, you're probably just better off repainting that thing. Yeah. So. I don't know what you did. Maybe you buffed it too soon. Or... Yeah, I think that might have been really stickly what happened, but I know it didn't turn out yeah. very good. Mine is working at a dealership doing, like, detail stuff. I probably the first week I was there, it was a big Lincoln, and I reached over the front to, like, try to reach the middle of the hood, and my belt buckle just Ooh. demolished the fender. And from that day on, every day I went to work, I put my belt on backwards and I put the buckle on the back so that it would never happen again. Yeah. So, yeah. Buckle, belt, belt buckles, rings, finger rings, even watches. Like knife yeah. in your pocket or like something if you like walk by the car. Like I still hold my hand over my pockets when I walk by cars. Like I'm just terrified of anything that like is sticking out of my body that could damage a car now. 
Oh, you see a lot of that stuff at car shows. A lot of people, they <laughs> like you'll see them like looking at somebody's car, but like their keys are dangling off their like belt loop or something, just like dragging along the fender. The and I mean, I, you know, I don't spend as much time in like the detailing side of stuff, but even working in like performance shops, like we would store, you know, customers' cars if we're waiting on parts or something like that. We'd have cars stored right next to each other. And like I carry a knife on me every day just for, you know, cutting boxes open and stuff. And the thought of not putting my hand over it to like scoot next to a car, like terrifies me, like much less going near my own car and trying to like wash stuff off with it. Like it's uh, it's just instinctual in my brain now that like cover anything that could damage the car that you're near. Yeah. And, and going back to what you say with the car shows, I mean, we're displaying our car. So everybody wants to look at it or in it <laughs> or touch it. Cause they just, you know, it's a nice car. They got to touch it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, car, car shows are, uh, they're tough, man. And, and I always see uh, guys and girls just standing by their car, rightfully so. But uh, I always say you kind of, as much as I hate to admit that when you take it to the show, you have to assume that might happen. That's kind of the truth. There's just too many people around. You can't control everyone. And so unfortunate that we get to think that way. But it kind of is. That's the, that's the perfect upsell right there for like the full vehicle clear bra. Oh yeah. Like just do everything, and you can't. No one can touch your stuff then. <laughs> yeah, right. They'll just touch the the, the, the PPF. <laughs> do people do the do full cars with like the clear wraps and stuff like that? Is that fairly common, or just like front bras and stuff like that? Or no, yeah, it's pretty common for people to do full. Um, but obviously not as common as, as what you would do in the front. Obviously the dealerships are the big, big sellers of those things. So obviously like we do PPF in here as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the dealerships are the big ones cause they always kind of upsell it yeah. at, at the end when you're buying the car as protection. Um, but yeah, PPF is another great option to protect your paint. Yeah. I mean, it's a good product. It's a physical barrier. So it just, it helps. Um, and like, it's like I tell a lot of my clients, if, if the paint gets chipped, if a rock is big enough to come at a fast enough rate of speed and hit your hood and damage the PPF, it'll probably damage your paint as well. So it's important to think with everything. There's nothing in the auto industry um, that's bulletproof, like 100%. This will protect my car. So maintenance is, like I said, it goes back to maintenance. And then uh, PPF is one thing you can do. Also ceramic coating. Uh, it's a big thing that we do here. Ceramic coating is also a big thing. We basically apply it on top of the paint and it hardens and bonds directly to the paint. It's a nice way to protect your paint from like uh, chemical etching and acidic rain, stuff like that, more chemically, um, you know, derivative uh, products, stuff like that, the road. Um, but same thing. If a big rod comes at a fast enough speed and it hits your paint, your paint's messed up. And, and yeah. that's whether it be PPF or a coating. Um, that's just how it is. That's just how the way the game goes. Once we find something that's bulletproof, I'll let you guys know. <laughs> Corey, Corey Kirchner just made a, made a comment earlier, too. I think Corey actually just had his Bel Air done by you guys. Um, he asked, what are the biggest things people do wrong as far as maintenance goes after getting a car ceramic coat? Like, is there stuff you have to be aware of for the maintenance of ceramic coating, or is it fairly hands-off? Or, you know, what, what yeah. does the customer have to do once the car leaves? Yep, yep. So, first of all, thanks, Corey, for bringing in your Bel Air. Uh, it's a pleasure to work on it. Uh, yeah, the biggest thing is, is uh, first, you want to store it indoors, um, at least overnight, if it just got coated and you just picked it up the same day. You don't want to wash it for at least a week 
just to let that bond to the carb real good. Once you've had it for a while, and I've had clients for the last five years who've had our coating, um, and I've tested it myself in my own car, is coating will always act like coating. So like it will bead and sheet the water off the surface. It will act like that so long as you wash your car periodically at least. Because you just got to think that the surface, once it gets filthy, if you got more filth than coating exposed on the outside, so we're looking like at layers, um, the coating's not really going to react the way it's supposed to. It hasn't gone anywhere. It's still on the car. It's still bonded to the car. But you got to wash the car, uh, which, again, goes back to just washing your car the right way. But but uh, you got to wash your car every now and then to at least keep that coating be the first layer. And as long as you do that, the, the coating is going to still do what it's supposed to, which is just sheet the water off and protect. It's not, it's not gone anywhere. It just not reacting well because it's, you have to uh with the coatings do you have to redo them after a certain amount of time like I, I have to assume it's not like a lifetime of your vehicle type thing is there like a normal lifespan of a ceramic coating yeah so a lot of the consumer grade ones that you can that that people could buy themselves are going to be anywhere from like a year to maybe three you know i'll probably be marketed that way yeah uh the one that we use is called christmas serum ultra it's by g technique that one's a uh, up to nine year oh wow uh, Yep, and so I always say up to I always say up to nine years because if you wash your car every every single day and you're really really aggressive in how you wash your paint, it, it could maybe be a little bit less than that, you know, seven eight. Um, but it is for up to nine year coating, so it definitely bonds on there. Um, and p from personal experience, when I've applied coat like I applied coating on my uh, on my Forerunner last year. When I applied the coating, I, I, I accidentally put a little bit on my glass, and literally I could not wipe that, that off. Like, you got to bust out the 2,000 grit stuff to take it off. So <laughs> coating is, is it's, it's for real. We had a good question from Tucker Sullivan. He said, uh, what is everyone's opinion on waterless wash products? Uh, seems like those have become more popular within the last couple of years. Yeah, so... Waterless products, just to explain what they are, um, they're usually like a, some sort of water lubricant that is added to, that you mix with your water, and that you, basically you can use just a bucket full of water and have that lubricated water and rinse your car off with that as opposed to like full-on wash, spray wash, you know, you know, using the spray uh, car washer. So it just, it's more eco-friendly. Um, that's the idea behind it. A lot of California detailers use it a lot because California, their rules, and their laws are different where they can't waste all that water. Uh, they're more because they're a state that just doesn't have, it doesn't rain that much. Um, my personal opinion on it is that, it, I mean, it does work. Uh, we use one called Apathma No Rinse. Uh, the way it works is basically that lubricated water also has some components in it where it lifts dirt off the surface. And then when you wipe it off, as it lifts off the surface, you're just wiping it away. Oh. Rinseless works well if the car is not that dirty. Um, if your car is really dirty and it's dirt and stuff on there, I probably wouldn't go rinseless. I mean, at the end of the day, you're still going to wipe your car. So rinseless has its place. Um, if your car is clean, go ahead and use rinseless with a good microfiber towel. If your car is real dirty... You, you, you might have to just go back to the old way, but at least power wash the majority of the grime and then maybe go on uh, rinseless afterwards. Yeah, for sure. I've seen a lot of that stuff get really, really popular. I mean, again, like he said, in the last few years, it's like 
yeah. you constantly see people like pulling up at uh, car shows and stuff like that. And like as soon as they get there, they you know bust out the uh, the spray bottles and whatnot and wipe everything down. And um, seems like it does a pretty good job. I mean, every time I've used anything like that, it's worked out. Yeah, and a lot of the rinseless now will be mixed with like a sealant or a wax, so that as you get to wipe it down, you're also leaving behind some sort of protection on your car. Yeah. Um, so that's always nice. Yeah, for sure. So, um, wow, it looks like they're prepping all the bumper back there pretty good. It takes a long time. Yeah, so the first, you know, the first half a day is used on just kind of removing a lot of things, and then we got to wash the car, and every single crack and seam needs to be cleaned real well. Uh, because obviously once you lay a panel, like if you're laying this, this door here, right? if you lay it and you didn't clean it well, um, you're probably going to see that piece of dirt come out or at least stick out from the vinyl and it'll be like a little hump yeah. and it'll kill the whole finish. So cleanliness is part of the game for vinyl wrapping. And the way you mitigate that is you just, it's just before you do the panel, you got to wipe it down each time and just make sure it's nice and clean and really get inside all the cracks. But... Yeah, you do have to tape off things like that. It just makes their job a little easier. Yeah. Um, we did have another question come in from uh, Caleb, and he said, I got my car ceramic coated uh, with a product called Kenzo. Is that a good brand? I've been noticing a lot of paint chips recently. Sure, yeah. Kenzo is really good. That's uh, by IGL. Um, they're a good company. They're a big company. They're really progressive in the game, a lot of detailing. So. I'm definitely, uh, I would vouch for them. I, I haven't uh, used it myself, but I know that uh, the companies at the top of the game generally all have really good products that they deliver. Uh, with the paint chips, uh, I would say that those might have come from just driving, uh, just because, like I said before, even a coated car is still going to take damage when it's driven on the road. Uh, if you hit the right rocks, it's still going to chip the paint. So first part of the question is, yeah, the Kenzo is, is a good product. Um, and the paint chips, I would say, are probably unrelated to the coating. Uh, they're probably just from driving around. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think sometimes it's like, even with ceramic coating, if you've got a lot of rock chips happening, it probably would have been significantly worse had you not had the product on there at all. Yeah, yeah, the, co the coating does add a little bit of thickness to the paint, so it definitely can protect in that area. So certain chips that might have maybe hit the paint uh, without coating might have take more damage than when they are coated, but it's it's all relative because uh, it just depends how hard that object hits your car. So, you know, there's I, I don't have a specific number as to speed of what the rock has to hit your car at, but... It'll damage paint, even if it's coated. And same with PPF. Even if it's paint protection film on top, uh, the right hit will still damage it. So I know it sounds discouraging, but uh, this is the way you protect your car, and then you do your best to, to, to protect it so that it lasts as long as possible, as clean and as good as possible for as long, you know, for as, long as you can do that. Yeah, just don't follow gravel trucks. Yeah, don't follow that, and then, uh, yeah. Maybe let if you've got a weekend car that's a summer car, maybe wait till the roads are like a little better. Yeah. Let that yeah, salt exactly. wash off. I'm so bad at that. Like last weekend I was out driving my car around, like 
Yeah, I mean, I was out driving yesterday, so it's, when the weather is nice, it's hard not to. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, Caleb, sounds like Caleb just got a bunch of stage two products for his STI from us. So you're uh, going to have to send that our way, Caleb. We we're pretty pumped to see what that turns out like. Um, well, I mean, I guess I didn't really have many other questions planned. Um, so you guys are located in Maple Grove, right? Maplewood. Maplewood. Okay. East Metro. Okay. Yep. East Metro. We're right up 94 and McKnight Road, Maplewood. Uh, small shop, but if you you uh, not YouTube, I'm sorry. If you Google our name, uh, it'll pop right up as to where we are on your Google Maps. So it'll take you to where we are. Uh, we're kind of hidden in a small shop, uh, but yeah, we're here. We're still open. Do you guys yeah. take walk-in customers? Do you prefer appointments? Like if, if somebody is like watching and wants to set you guys up. Yeah, it's all by appointment. Um, right now, it's a little bit slower, so we could potentially take a walk-in. But um, generally, this time of year, for the last couple of years past, we'll book out. By the time we hit March 1st, generally, we're three to four weeks out. That's crazy. Um, That's really good. Done. So, and so it sounds like if anybody is uh, looking to take advantage, right now is the time to call. Yeah, I, I always tell uh, clients just call earlier the better. As soon as you're thinking about you might want to do something, you you know you're better off calling so that we can reserve that slot. Um, you know, what's uh for most like average detailings? What's like an average turnaround if somebody like drops their car off? Do they get it back in like one day, a couple days? Like, yeah, the average turnaround most of our details is going to be pretty much a day. Uh, with the with the full team and the full staff, we can knock them out in one day. The only ones that usually take longer are, are your ceramic coatings, just because the paint correction and the buffing that we do on that is, is generally at a, at a higher level. We go to to a further extent to try to get the paint as good as possible before coating it. Uh, those cars, and then once they get coated too, we like to keep them indoors for a night in our control, uh, so that we know that the car is not going outside where it doesn't need to be, and so it stays in this, in our setting, uh, in our you know in our in our t the temp that we want it at let that cure overnight and then the next day it can go to the client. Yeah. So I guess anybody who's local in the area should uh, feel free to hit you up as soon as possible before everybody gets out and about again. Yep. Yellowhoursports.com. Most of our services are on there. Otherwise we're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, kind of all over social media. Um, but yeah, just find us, send us a message and we'll respond. Even if it's just, uh, there's no dumb question. If you just got a question about your car, uh, you know, you got a scratch or you got a stain or you want to see it looking better, just give us a shout. We can always give you just, you know, just a quote real quick and, and at least give you an idea of, of what you're looking at. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure with social media now too, people could maybe even take a picture and send it to you guys like a DM or whatever. Yep. Yep. I always ask uh, clients if you, you know, if you're not all things I can see through a picture, right. but I can generally get a good idea. If you can at least snap that and send it in, it just it helps too for me to know what I'm gonna be working with, whether it's a black car, white car, red car. Those yeah. things all play a factor, and it's just nice to know, uh, yeah, what what we're looking at. For sure. Well, Dalen, anything else that you got? No, that actually I learned some stuff. I, you know, I, I've been hearing about ceramic coating and all kinds of stuff for the past couple of years, and like being a person who's not super up and up on keeping my car as clean as I should, like. It's kind of interesting to learn more about it and like hear it from a professional that it's not just like a gimmick, like it is a real thing. It does help. And like for somebody like me who doesn't wash their car very often, it's probably super helpful because I'm not super good to the car. 
So it's kind of cool to learn that a little bit more. Um, and we've heard nothing but good stuff about about two of the guys over at Yellow. So I, I think we have some shop cars that will probably have to come over there fairly soon that we uh, haven't done the best job with. So, no, uh, it's, no it's, it's been awesome. awesome. It's been yeah, awesome. Yeah. I'll learn some stuff. Cool. Yeah, I'm glad I was able to teach you guys some stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's what we do here. We, we we do it every day. And, you know, um, what makes us different from other shops, too, is we're not we are just we are a detail shop like the other shops. But I think we're a pretty big enthusiasts, too. And, and most people can see that because we actually attend the car shows and stuff like that. We own cars that we actually are enthusiastic about. And so we bring that approach to the game, um, which I think if you're in the automotive industry, unless you're just doing straight oil changes, um i think it's you better you rather have guys who are i agree into the 100 yeah. like you have somebody that cares about stuff the same way that you do and like understands kind of what you want what you need out of stuff and like it just it makes a huge difference to talk to those people because it's not just another vehicle for them it's something that like they'll understand how much you care about it and bring that into the work that they do so yeah we we know there's a sentimental value behind uh, exactly why we're doing the service and why you want it done too which is you know, a good driving factor. Yeah. And I, I think that's huge. I think that's like a, a, I think that's a massive selling point. And it's like to have work done by people that understand is always going to make a, an immense difference. It's worth more peace of mind. It's worth more money. It's worth a little bit more of everything to just kind of deal with people that understand where you're at. So I, I think that's huge. And to anybody watching, if you're local, like these are the people to go to. These are people that care about the stuff that you have. So 100%. Yeah, well, thanks again, too, for coming on. Um, we're going to be doing more stuff live to bring experts just like two on. Um, sounds like we've got some special people lined up for next week, so you guys have to stay tuned. Um, we, should do it that, like, we should do a telephone style where every week we just add a person and no one ever leaves. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, just permanent schedule, one hour a week. We're just going to keep adding. We're going to fill this entire screen with just little boxes all the way across of people. Sounds like a perfect uh, COVID-19 party. Right? All right. Uh, well, anyways, so, yeah, this is what we're doing while we're working from home. We're still shipping products and whatnot, so feel free, guys, to go over to maperformance.com. We're still operating, still getting you guys the parts that you need on time, so – uh, that's it. If anybody has any other questions for two or the guys, you can check them out at yellow auto sports, pretty much everywhere. Um, and definitely check out their site and hit them up if you're local for your paint corrections for the season. But, uh, thank you again too. I really appreciate it. And, uh, maybe we can do something like this again sometime later on. We're sure you're welcome. Thank you for having me and, uh, giving us the time too. And there you have it guys. Hopefully you learned something that you can either take with you into the garage or bring with you to the track. Tune in next week for another episode. We'll see you then. Is that good enough? Yeah. Okay. <laughs>